Welcome to the First Down Rundown podcast, where we give you a holistic view of the world of sports. Whether you're a casual fan or an avid fan, this is the place for you. And for the second time in a row, this is a Matt Solo episode. Uh, that's right. Hayden usually intros the show. Obviously, he is not able to join us today, nor did he last week. Um, he's kind of in that in the middle of, obviously, you know, kind of the college semester in between midterms and finals. And, and so, obviously, there's a lot of work uh, that comes along with that. He's, he's doing a lot of papers and, and has exams and stuff. So, Luckily, I don't. Uh, I'm finally kind of out of the realm of, of doing schoolwork, and I honestly like it better. I mean, obviously, you're working more hours every week, but you pretty much get home. Well, it depends on the type of job you have. I work at a bank, and we're only open till 5, and so it's pretty much, you know, the, the hours you work are the hours you work, and so when you kind of leave at 5 and you get home, there, there's really nothing to do, especially on a Friday like today, uh, and being that it is Friday, it is the, well, the day before the NBA playoffs start. Uh, it's obviously the day that the NBA play-in tournament uh, is, is, is wrapping up. Essentially, you know, the last two spots are, are up for grabs on, on tonight's games. It's between the Heat and the Bulls for the eighth seed in the East, as well as the, uh, the Timberwolves and the Thunder for the eighth seed in the West. All the other playoff slots are filled. That is why, the and you see it in the title, uh, this is going to be the NBA playoff predictions and, and preview podcast. Uh, kind of your, your, your home for all the information and, and kind of, you know, what led up to kind of the you know the playoffs getting started here, as well as uh, some some other storylines. We're going to talk about two specifically uh, that that kind of teams that didn't make the playoffs, but an interesting story nonetheless. And kind of we'll we'll see where that gets us uh, in terms of um, you know in terms of just there, there's there's storylines, there's everything. Like I said, so so yeah, so there's a lot to be lot to talk about, a lot to be said. Uh, I'm going to pretty much go through. Like I said, I'm going to kind of address those two stories first, and then I'm pretty much going to go through the entire NBA playoff bracket. Uh, I'm going to give you my choices, which teams I think are going to win every series, leading all the way up until the NBA Finals. Who I think is going to win when the NBA Finals. Um, I'm along the way. I'm kind of going to talk about each of the series, especially the first round series, because those are the ones that are kind of going to be going on for the next couple weeks. And then obviously, you know, once we kind of get into the to the later rounds, there's not much I think to, to talk about more in terms of like what's happening right now with those teams. So I'm kind of just going to do some analysis on what I think that potential matchup can be, because that's the other thing too is we have the first round matchups now. We don't have any of the you know everything else is going to be just hypothetical, right? So you know, if, if you have the, the Nuggets and the Grizzlies meeting in the Western Conference Finals and n neither of those teams get there, it's pointless for me to be talking about them for 30 minutes, right? So, which I don't actually have either of those teams making it. So, there's there's just a little a little bit of a preview um, that I think that we can get there. So, so yeah. And then at the end, uh, I was, I was kind of thinking about what I want to do. I'm like, you know, do I do like a master's review? Because obviously that was kind of the subject of the podcast last week was we were wrapping up college basketball. The, 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 the championship, UConn beat San Diego State last Monday, almost two weeks ago at this point. Uh, and then the master's was starting. So I kind of did a midweek podcast wrapping up the NCAA tournament and then previewing the master's. And obviously I think the master's this year was really great. Obviously it wasn't – it didn't provide I think a lot of the – drama and, and everything that we're I think used to or at least you want to expect especially on an Easter Sunday where you're kind of gathered with family and everybody's kind of sitting down and watching golf like I said it didn't have the fireworks at the end but it still was I got a stat later on it still was one of the one of the most watched masters or mo most watched golf events I think in the last five years uh, so enough people definitely tuned in so I think that's probably the, the, the choice there is we're going to go with doing a master's review, right? Kind of just talking about the storylines and everything that happened happened last weekend at the Masters. And obviously, John Rahm took that home. Uh, they're already on to the next tournament. John Rahm's already, he said, you know what? Hey, I want a master's. I want a couple million bucks, but I'm still going to play in the RBC Heritage at Hilton Head this week. So there's already another golf tournament going on. That's why I love the PGA. They play it pretty much every week. Uh, and 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 it's and it's good. It's an ele elevated event. Um, you know, all the kind of the top players are, are, are playing in that. Rory McIlroy, you might have seen, got fined $3 million for not playing it well. It's it's a it's a long story. I guess I'll explain it a little bit, even though you, everybody's like, I came here for the NBA, and Matt's just talking about the f golf for for thirty minutes. Just really quick, uh, the PGA outlines what are called elevated events throughout the throughout the PGA season, and those elevated events are essentially because of what happened with Live and all the players, all the best players, the well, some of the best players of the PGA Tour leaving for the Live Tour. Some of the some of the tournaments on the PGA Tour really have no stars in them anymore so what the pga did was they outlined certain events that'll be m worth more fedex cup points which is at the end of the season you earn a certain amount of you know the more fedex cup points you have the more chance that you have to win the 15 million dollar prize for winning the fedex cup on the pga tour all that good stuff so what the pga did was they made the rbc heritage this week at hilton head an elevated event i think because probably 
everybody's going to be playing the Masters and everybody's going to want to take off the week after, regardless of where you finish, right? Because it's just a big tournament and it's, you know, whatever. So what they did was they made the, the Heritage at Hilton Head this week. They made that an elevated event. So a lot of the, well, pretty much all of the top golfers are, are playing in it still. Rory was playing and then he wasn't. He withdrew and he actually got fined $3 million, which is a, that's, that's, that's a huge, I mean, he, he definitely had to know about like that was going to be the consequence, but still, I think that's a, that's a hefty fine. And obviously it was, it was written out in the contract or whatever, when he agreed to, you know, have his PGA tour card. And like, that was all I think read to him. And obviously he's won more money than he could ever know how to spend. Um, he's actually won two out of the last three, FedEx Cup championships. So he's actually won $30 million in the last three years just from winning the FedEx Cup. And obviously he's won a lot of other tournaments in between then. So again, that that $3 million is essentially pocket change to Rory McIlroy, something that I, a problem that I would love to have uh, at some point in my life that I probably won't, but hey, he deserves it because he's really good at golf. That's enough golf though. We're, we're done that. Well, we're done with golf for now. We're going to talk about the Masters again after, uh, you know, after I go through the NBA playoffs. But first, there are two Big storylines that that I just I have to get to, uh, and and they relate to the playoffs, and there are teams that were in the playoffs and then not in the playoffs, and that is the situation going on with the Mavericks. Obviously, pretty much like a couple minutes before I started recording this, the the news came out that they were fined seven hundred fifty thousand dollars for basically outright tanking. Um, I'm going to get into that a little bit, and then the Pelicans are the other team, right? So kind of the, like I was saying, those two similar-ish situations. Uh, well, not really. I guess the they're two different situations, but they ended up in the, with a similar result, right? Where the, where the team did not make the playoffs. Uh, it, it's it's, and so yeah, so those are the two situations. But obviously, you know, the the, the Mavs and Pelicans are kind of both in a little bit of a sticky situation here. Um, I'm going to start out with the Mavericks mostly because they didn't make the playoffs. They didn't even make a play-in tournament at all. Uh, and and also that that news has just come out today that they got fined, and that was kind of the result of their you know shenanigans essentially that they pulled uh in the last couple games of the regular season there so here's what happened and you've probably heard okay yeah the may the Mavs were tanking and that's why they didn't make the playoffs and and whatever whatever and they got fined and they got investigated and all this stuff but really i think it's important to understand why right what 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 is the reason behind why the not only why the mavericks tanked on purpose to not make the playoffs especially after trading a lot of assets and future potential picks and everything uh trading that away to to get Kyrie Irving to then just not make the playoffs in the first place not only that but also why the league was investigating them and why the league ended up you know doling out a punishment uh in the, in the tune of a $750,000 fine and it's so funny because the Mavericks as an organization which is owned by Mark Cuban who's one of the richest guys in the world they get fined $750,000 for purposefully losing and really actually like like messing with the integrity of the game and Rory McIlroy is out here getting five for three million dollars for missing a, a tournament for for a couple of days out of you know in, in the in the middle of the spring so it is what it is you know it's different sports whatever um so so okay so what happened so obviously the Mavericks like we said they 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 were openly tanking and and they did this by basically so their last game of the season was against, was against the Chicago Bulls or I guess it was, I don't know if it was the second last or whatever. It was, it was one of the last games of the season that was essentially a win to get in, right, chance, where if the Mavericks had won that game, uh, they would have gotten into the playoffs. If they lost that game, they w- would miss the playoffs, essentially. And so what happened was, it, it was, and it was a home game, right, in Dallas, and essentially what happened was, prior to the game, it was kind of the question of, okay, you know, are, are we going to play all of our, all of our players or are we not? Now, obviously, the, the organization was talking about that. We, as the fans, we were talking about, hey, the Mavericks have to win this game. And obviously, they were playing the, Bill, the Bulls, who are playing tonight for a chance to get in the playoffs as well. So, so that game had a lot of playoff implications. Now, the Bulls still would have been in contention for a playoff spot because of the play-in tournament and everything. They played in the first game and lost to the Raptors. So they would have got they would have been in the play-in tournament regardless. But the, the Mavericks, this was even more kind of an if you know a, an iffy situation because if they lost the game, they would be out of the playoffs completely, not only, you know, missing the play-in tournament, but just not, well, not in, not only missing a playoff spot, but also missing the playoff play-in tournament and not having a chance to compete in the playoffs at all. This comes after, and this is kind of the, the more interesting part of the story here, the Mavericks about halfway through the season, I think, I think even, you know, post-All-Star break, uh, the Mavericks had gotten up to the number four seed in the West. Now, as we know, the, the top 18, well, there's 16 teams total that make the that make the playoffs at the end of the year, eight teams from each conference. So there's eight teams that make the playoffs uh, from the, you know, f- from each conference. Now, 
there's the play-in tournament, which is another kind of, you know, added element to this where you're basically saying 10 out of the 16 teams in each conference are going to have a chance to make the playoffs uh, because the 7, 8, 9, and 10 seeds each are going to, you know, participate in the play-on tournament and then whoever wins those games ends up, you know, getting into the play-on and, and, and whatever. So in that case, you're thinking if you're the Mavericks, all right, well, we got like a couple months of the regular season left. We're the four seed right now. I just think that looking back on it, it's almost more – like crazy to look at the situation that happened than to even think in the moment, Oh, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a question of whether or not we're going to make the playoffs. Cause if you're sitting there with a month to go in the regular season, you're the four seed. That means that you have to lose so many games to go from the four after two thirds of the NBA season is already over from fourth to 11th in your conference in a conference where, and, and now most of the teams were at the end of the season trying to win the Lakers, you know, as a prime example, you know, they, they, they kind of have to, right, because LeBron's on their team and, and, and everything like that. Um, you have teams like the Jazz, right, like the like like the like the Thunder, who it seems like they were wanting to tank all season, but then ended up kind of showing out near the end of the season. Uh, and so you're thinking, okay, if you're the Mavericks, like you have to be worse than all of those teams. That's going to be pretty tough. Well, it's kind of what ended up happening. Now, in the way in which that happened, I don't know when the decision was made to ultimately tank um you know when the organization actually decided that but i think i can pretty much point it out and as we know shortly after this like i said they were four seed in the west and everything was kind of going kind of going well they traded for kyrie irving now right now so they gave up a bunch of assets and like i said you know it was it was and me and hayden even talked about the podcast we had a segment about it and we were kind of saying you know how is this going to go they're both you know very ball dominant point guards and and so how is that going to mesh in their offense and kind of everything that 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 how that trade would work out you know we kind of discussed it on here and we kind of came to the conclusion of it seems a little weird but you know maybe this can work and so i think in the mavericks minds looking back obviously hindsight is 2020 and 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 i i think you know just putting this together it, it kind of makes sense if they said or in their heads hey if we get kyrie irving right and and he's with luca and they are amazing and we make the playoffs or we kind of stay in the in the middle of the pack here in the Western Conference, we can have a shot at winning the NBA championship right now. On the other hand, if he's if Kyrie Irving comes in and either he sucks or the team sucks as a result, then there's really no point in trying for the rest of the season, not only to make the playoffs, but even really at all. And so you're thinking, well, why would you automatically why if 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 Kyrie just and, and, and Luca don't mesh you know, just a little bit and they're doing like, okay, and, and whatever, why would you, why would you make the decision to, as the four seed in the West, basically be like, I'm not going to play the rest of the season. I'm, I'm going to purposely lose for the rest of the season to go down seven spots in the West to that 11 seed so that I purposely will not make the playoffs. Well, one, all right, there's two reasons behind this. And I think that they're, I think that one is more compelling than the other one. And, and this is kind of, I think the, the general scope of what most of the narrative is, you know, surrounding this. The first is is that obviously you get a higher draft pick, right? So if if you if, if, and this I think was kind of what the Mavs were thinking, like, all right, we're gonna kind of see how this works with Kyrie and, and everything that happened there, and if it sucks, we're probably gonna need a higher draft pick to you know get one of these guys, whether it be from overseas or from college, you know, one of these top ten draft picks to kind of come in as a guy who can kind of just loosen things up a little bit, right? So you want to add a good piece to your team from this year, right? Because you gave up a lot of first-round picks to get Kyrie Irving in the first place. Not this year's picks, but, you know, in future years. So you're thinking, all right, well, we we only have a first-round pick in this year for, well, we, we basically, if since we have our first-round pick for this year, we might as well make it worth it and, and, and get a top-10 guy, right? And get, get into that top-10 and be able to to draft a player like that. Here's the other reason. I think this is a little bit of an under-talked-about reason, right, as to why the the, the, the Mavericks uh, kind of embarked on this tanking job to end the season here. Way back in, and I should have looked this up before, but I don't know the exact year, but the Chris Dapps Porzingis trade, essentially from when, when the Mavericks traded Chris Dapps Porzingis to the Wizards, uh, and again, this was a, a pretty long time ago, or no, to the Knicks, sorry, to the Knicks. Now, Chris Dapps is already on the, on the Wizards, so he's already been to another team, but this was like probably six or seven years ago, maybe even longer. And that's, again, craziness how – or it's crazy to think how you, – when you hear about these trades in real time, you're like, all right, so, you know, the the 
Lakers got LeBron for a 2029 future draft. And you're like, dude, that's that's so long. Like, what? But it's so funny because that's actually coming true now. Like, this was in, you know, 2017 or whatever. The, you know, the Mavericks are trading Chris Tapps and they're like, 2023 protected first round pick. And you're like, dude, that's so long ago. Like, or that's so long in the future. Why would you even consider that or, or whatever? Well, it actually came into play here, okay? Because when the Mavericks traded Chris Tapps to, or sorry, the Mavericks got Chris Tapps from the Knicks. Um, sorry, and I messed that up before. I meant to say, right, he, he they traded him to the Wizards after the Knicks because he the Knicks drafted Chris Stapps uh, and and he was all right there. But then the the the, the Mavericks gave or got Chris Stapps to Dallas and gave the Knicks a bunch of assets and first round picks and whatever that may be. One of those assets was a 2023 first round draft pick. Now here's the deal: it was a the the the, the difference here is that it that they traded for or what they gave up in the trade was it was a 2023 protected first round draft pick. Now what that means is top ten protected. Okay, and sometimes you'll hear top three protected, top five protected. What you know? What what even is this? Now, a, a a protected pick is essentially if the team that is giving up the asset, right? So in this case, it would be the Dallas Mavericks giving up a top ten protected first round pick in twenty twenty three to the Knicks. If the if the team that's giving up that asset finishes above the or it it is drafting above the tenth spot in that draft, then that first round pick will go to the Knicks. Okay, so if the Mavericks, let's say they end up in the four seed and, you know, they, they lose in the second round to the Nuggets or, you know, whatever ends up happening, right? In a, in a hypothetical situation that's not happening at all, uh, let's say that all of that comes comes through, the Mavericks will probably be picking, I think, you know, 22nd or 23rd or something like that. In that case, the Knicks would be drafting the Mavericks' first round pick in 2023. The Mavericks would not have a first round pick in this year because of what they gave up in order to get Chris Stapps Porzingis. Now, obviously, that Porzingis trade did not work out because they dealed him to the Wizards already. And so that's where the NBA gets crazy with this is you're drafting or you're trading picks that are so far in the future that the picks that you're trading or, or the players that you're getting, you're already letting go because that didn't work out. And so it's like a double whammy, right? Like you, they've already given up Chris Stapps Porzingis and now obviously they got assets back from him for, from the wizards. But at the point that they traded for Chris Stapps, he wasn't amazing. I think he was honestly more of a disappointment than he was, you know, I, I think a, a great asset that, that the, that the Mavericks could have used. And so they've already traded away a player for which they're about to lose their first round pick in this year's draft. I think that's kind of the crazy part that people aren't really getting as much. And I, hopefully that makes sense, right? If it's a top three protected pick, it's okay. Essentially, if the Mavericks were drafting anywhere outside of the top three picks this season, then that would have been, you know, the, the, the next first round pick. Now, what they did was they did a top 10 protected pick because at the time, like I said, Chris Depp wasn't. I think, you know, the unicorn that people thought that he was going to be. Um, I think he was he was kind of coming in. He wasn't as hyped as Victor Wembanyama, but kind of the, a similar deal where, hey, he's this seven foot five kid who can shoot threes and, and, and dunk like crazy. He didn't he didn't perform up to those standards when he was in New York with the Knicks. And so the, the Mavericks got him on a little bit of a deal. And so that's why they did the top 10 protected. So essentially, because the Mavericks tanked purposefully and finished the season outside of the playoffs they earned and because they you know they basically I mean they finished you know 11th in the west they earned a top 10 pick from that loss from that loss to the bulls like i said they oh i didn't even okay well here's the story what happened in that bulls bulls game right they were making the decision okay what do we, you know what do we do they ended up basically late scratching all five of their starters purposely not playing them and it was a completely egregious move the entire league saw it happen the entire fan i mean all of nba fans everywhere saw this happen and, and and to add to that it was slovenia night in dallas and so what happened was and obviously luca luca Doncic is from slovenia so that's like his you know his home country people like in droves like flew from all over the country to dallas for slovenia night to see luca who's their countryman hero and the guy plays 10 minutes in the game because they purposefully tanked so they could lose the game so they wouldn't have to give up this first round pick and they could get a bit a higher pick in this year's draft so it, on top of the fact that it was like okay we're gonna rest all of our starters at the last minute on top of that already seeming like it was a, a huge kind of you know a, a very a very blatant act of, of tanking on top of that you have slovenia night for your you know the star player and one of the top five players in the entire league and you're also sitting him on a night when people are wasting money on planes and trains and and, and tickets and driving from all over the country to see their you know their hero and, and he doesn't even play so that was another part to that night when the when the mavericks kind of kind of 
this whole the investigation and everything behind that started. So, so yeah. So that's what happened on that night. But essentially, right, like I said, the, the moral of the story is there's kind of two reasons why the Mavericks tanked. And, well, I'll get into whether or not I think it's a good idea after. But what I wanted to say was the first reason is the more they tank, the more they lose, the lower seed they get, the better draft pick they can accrue in this year's draft. But not only that, they, they'll actually have a draft pick inside the top 10 instead of having to give their draft pick to the Knicks. So it was almost imperative that the, that the Mavs tanked to end the season. Now, imperative is, is a lot different than right. So I'm not saying it was the right decision, okay, because I'm very much a fan of, you know, keeping the integrity of the game. Uh, but, but in the, in, you know, business-wise and, and for running a team, just objectively speaking here, is it better to have a first-round pick a top 10 pick in this year's draft or is it better to have a playoff spot where you probably won't win the NBA finals because the games where Luca and Kyrie played together, I think what they were like three and 12 or something. I mean, it was, they weren't good together, right? So you're not going to win the NBA finals this year. You're going to have a playoff appearance that ends in a loss at some point. You're going to give up your first round pick and not even be able to pick anybody in the draft. You're going to give that pick to the Knicks and now you're stuck beginning next season you're stuck with what you had left of a team to end this season which we saw was horrible with Kyrie and Luka right so that is the mindset that's what happened behind the scenes on the on the Mavericks end and that's why this whole thing ended up being a big deal now pretty much right after that the 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 NBA was like all right hold on there's definitely some fishy business going on here we need to investigate what's going on and and they did their investigation and and you know funnily enough I was planning to record the podcast today anyway and it just so happened that I got the notification on my phone that this was when you know today was when the the league uh sent down their punishment to the Mavericks of a $750,000 fine so that is now kind of you know wrapped up now what I was thinking and and I saw kind of the the initial points of hey that you know the league is going to start investigating the Mavericks here you know what, here's all the details, whatever. And at first I started, I saw that and I'm like, you know what? Like, obviously again, I, I don't agree with what the Mavericks did in terms of essentially, like I said, you know, purposefully messing with the integrity of the game because that, that like once there is no intent and, and there's plenty of people out there who are going to say that the games are fixed and you know, they, they are the refs and are paid for certain teams to win and all that. It, it, First of all, it would take, and me and Hayden did a whole segment on this when the Bengals played the uh, the Chiefs and everything. It would take that would be the biggest kept secret in the history of the world, and it would be impossible for that to actually be kept a secret because at some point someone would tell someone. All right, so so there's no game fixing going on. But the point is, if the integrity of the game is ruined at some point by fixing matches, right, or one team being bribed and you know to purposely lose or whatever, then then the 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 allure of sports, the the you know the the I don't know. In every adjective you could use, the you know the amazingness, the drama, the everything is tainted, and now completely does it, it, it almost nullifies everything that sports has going for it. Right now, I, I know that's a little bit of a. It seems like an exaggeration, but you can tell, right? And I mean, just think about it, right? Like if that Chiefs and Bengals AFC Championship game had been fixed for the Chiefs to win, and the Chiefs go on to win a Super Bowl, and now Patrick Mahomes is regarded as you know he's basically already a Hall of Famer, and he still has you know ten to fifteen more years in the league, and this could this Super Bowl could lead to him being regarded as the best quarterback. Ever, if he ever gets to as many Super Bowl, you know, once it's Tom Brady, like all of that, hey, if the Bengals just win that game, like quote unquote, they were supposed to, which people think that the game was fixed and the Bengals were supposed to win, or, you know, the Bengals should have won all, the, all along and the league just wanted Patrick Mahomes to win. If the Bengals win that and they go on to win the Super Bowl, now it's Joe Burrow, right? And, and Patrick Mahomes is, is basically, um, you know, thought of as on equal ground as Joe Burrow. So just an example where. Right. If if there's fixing in the league, that's kind of the ramifications of it, and and I don't think that's what well, that's what's happening. But at the same time, the team itself, the Mavericks, kind of took it upon themselves to to do something like that, right? To to actually act on purposefully losing in order to not only get a higher draft pick in this year's draft, but also be able to have a pick in the first place and not be you know giving it up to the Knicks. So so right. So I'm thinking though when I hear this, I'm like, dude, obviously you need you know if you're the league, you need to investigate them because you want to make sure that no you know not the, the the integrity of the game is not being you know messed with and, and whatever. But at the same time, there are so many teams currently that are actively tanking on purpose and nothing is happening to them. I mean, the Pistons now, I guess the Pistons are probably a bad example, but I mean, Pistons, Spurs, uh, Pacers, I think they tried a little bit, but the Pistons and Spurs, I mean, they finished last uh, in the league, you know, 
by by a long shot, right? And, and both of those teams are clearly tanking. Um, they they they're 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 in the rebuilding stage, right? The Spurs had all those years in the you know the mid two thousand teens and everything where they were winning NBA championships, and right, they all their players retired, right? Tony Parker, Tim Duncan, they all retired. Kawhi got traded, and, and now he's on you know he's on the Clippers. So that whole team kind of got you know got 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 torn down, but they're in the process of rebuilding. And if they can land with Victor Wembanyama, then their team is instantly a lot better. Uh, and, and so that's the theory: is you you tank to to kind of turn your team around. And I think that you know the Sixers are kind of the first team that that openly did this and i mean it i don't think it it's not proven it's extremely successful yet because they haven't really even been to the finals yet since since that whole thing happened but at the same time you know they have a really good team this year it's a possibility right they could who, who knows and i think it can happen for this year they still have a really good team so that's the that's the idea behind it and so that's where like at first i'm thinking like why are is the league investigating the the, the mavericks for for this thing when clearly like the pistons and the spurs like sp- spent the entire nba season purposefully losing games so that they would be able to gain a better draft pick that's exactly what the Mavericks did to end the season here obviously like I said it it was it was a lot more egregious in the Mavericks sense and they also had that top 10 protected pick going to the Knicks which is an extra incentive to to tank and and to lose games to get a higher draft pick for this year right so it was it was almost a twofold where as the you know the the Spurs and and the Pistons are kind of like all right well we you know we're not we're not caring really about draft picks and giving them to other teams and stuff we just want a better chance of getting victor Wembanyama. like at the end of the day that's that's kind of their deal right so it's a little bit different it's a little bit more egregious by the mavericks but hopefully that makes sense as to what happened behind the scenes and, and why this whole thing was such a big deal now the pelicans uh, oh my gosh the pelicans now the pelicans are technically my favorite team all right i know that sounds weird they're probably the most random team in the nba to, to, to be a fan of the reason behind that is because Chris Paul is my favorite player in the NBA, right? Now, obviously, he's on the Suns, who are probably the favorites to win. The, well, the, they were they were in the finals two years ago. They lost to the Bucks. They were the favorites to win it all last year. They lost to the Mavericks and the and, and the ironically the Mavericks, right? Which who just last year were in the Western Conference Finals with a chance to 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 beat the Warriors and go you know move into the NBA Finals last year. And here they are this year, purposely tanking and getting fined and all this stuff. But um, but right. So Chris Paul is my favorite player. When I first started watching the NBA and just kind of, you know, first fell in love with Chris Paul, he played for the New Orleans Hornets, which back then it was the Charlotte Bobcats and the New Orleans Hornets. They eventually switched. I don't know what happened. I think it was when Michael Jordan bought the bought the now who are the Hornets, the Charlotte Hornets, and they changed the name or whatever. So it became the Charlotte Hornets. It was the Charlotte Bobcats. Then it was the Charlotte Hornets. And then the New Orleans Pelicans were the New Orleans Hornets, and they became the New Orleans Pelicans. Crazy story. But anyway, I'm not a bandwagon. All right, so I, I don't just switch my favorite team to whatever team my favorite player's on. I root for the team that my favorite player's on. So, you know, when Chris Paul was with the Rockets, I was like, go Rockets. Um, you know, obviously, when he was on the Clippers, well, he went to the Clippers after the Hornets. And so when he was on the Clippers and, you know, Lob City with DeAndre Jordan and Blake Griffin, like, I was rooting for the Clippers. They never were ever, you know, never able to kind of pull it together when he was on the Rockets with James Harden. Like, that was cool. I rooted for the Rockets. But again, my favorite team is kind of going to be, I'm just going to stick with it, right? So, um, so that's why the Pelicans are my favorite team. And as a result, it just is. It's on. It's 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 almost on me to be the most critical of them because I'm I'm a fan and I I just I I don't understand what's going on here. They were the Pelicans last year. Okay, they were the seventh. No, they were the eighth seed in the West. And as I said, as I said before, the Suns. They were the best team in the regular season. They got the one seed in the West. They looked, you know, absolutely unstoppable. And again, this is coming off of the year two years ago where they were also, I think they were also the one seed in the West um, with essentially this, you know, same kind of, you know, same core of their team. And they get to the finals and they're up 2-0 against the Bucks in the finals. And the Bucks win four straight games and win that finals. And the Suns are kind of just, you know, I mean, that was it. That was the end of the season, right? So, so now you're in a situation where the, the Suns last year in the first round of the playoffs, the Suns are playing, the Suns the one seed and the best team overall in the entire league are playing the Pelicans who kind of basically were just lucky to, to make the playoffs. I mean, they were in the play-in tournament and they kind of won their games. But again, Zion was out at that point, right? And, and B.I., Brandon Ingram, he wasn't playing great, but you had guys like Jose Alvarado, right? Herb Jones, these kind of these random guys, Trey Murphy, shout out UVA. Um, these kind of these random guys were stepping up and, and really doing really well for the Pelicans team who kind of came out nowhere like i said and what happened was the suns beat them 4-2 so they beat so the suns won in six right in that series but that that pivotal game six the the pelicans were winning for most of the game so they almost sent the series to a game seven which would have been 
insane, right? The Suns obviously coming off of you know losing so horribly to the Bucks in the, in the NBA Finals. The next season are going to lose isn't to you know to an eight seed in the first round of the playoffs. Obviously, that didn't end up happening. But the Pelicans kind of made a name for themselves based off of that, right? Their players, like I said, Jose Alvarado, Trey Murphy, um, Herb Jones, these guys who who were pretty much nobodies are now thought of as like, hey, the, the, this team is really feisty. This team has has some really great players, and their great coach is 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 the guy who's kind of behind this whole thing. So they get ousted from the playoffs last year. They come into this year with a good bit of hype, and so much hype that I, like a like a delusional fan of any sport, I bet on them to it was their season win total for the amount of wins that they would get in the in, in the season. I think it was forty four or forty four and a half or something like that. And I bet the over, right? Which essentially they have to go because it's eighty two games in the season. They have to go forty five and thirty nine or something like that. Um, I can't do math. 49 and 37, 45 and 37, whatever it was. Uh, and, and it was so funny because they started out the season, and guess what? They started out the season 16 and 8. They were the ones, the Pelicans, you're not going to believe this unless you were also betting the Pelicans over their season win total, which I don't think you were, right? The Pelicans were the one seed in the West. They were. About month, two months in, they were the one seed in the West. They lost so many games since then to the point where they ended up as the nine seed going into the playoffs. They lost their game against the Thunder a couple days ago, and now they're out of the playoffs this year. So you go from a team that looked so promising last year, almost upset the best team in the NBA in the first round of the playoffs as a team where nobody thought they had any chance coming into this year, reloaded. All the same players are back. The coach is back. Brandon Ingram's playing his ball. Uh, you know, obviously you have Zion, who was hurt during the playoffs, but he's going to come back. And obviously I'm going to get to Zion, you know, kind of here as, as the main, you know, one of the main reasons behind, you know, why this team suffered so much. And, and, and they were just disappointing. While they were extremely, you know, exciting to start the year, and I was so hype on them, and I was, and I was texting my friends. I'm like, dude, guys, like, I bet the season win total over on the Pelicans, and they're already the ones in the West. I told you. Well, they ended up actually lose. I, I actually ended up losing that bet. So, and as we know, for most things, <laughs> you you can't really count your chickens before they hatch. And so I, you know, I, I was I was definitely wrong to 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 be bragging about that at first. So, what's the deal with the Pelicans now? And and really, it can really only be pointed to one guy, and that's Ian Williamson, who for basically his entire career. I mean, I think he's played four years now. His first two years, he was amazing. He was you know, he just impacted the games in ways where we never really seen before, which is what we thought he was going to do when we saw him as a prospect coming out of South Carolina, you know, in, in his high school league, as well as when he was at Duke, uh, you know, right in, in college and kind of had his one and done year. And then he got drafted by the Pelicans and it was, you know, it was parties. Um, and, and, but that was kind of short lived because of the fact that, right. The only concern was Zion. He deserved being the number one overall pick. Everything he is like is when he's playing, he is the athlete that we thought that he could be because he is to sit or just physically and 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 everything else. He's a specimen. He's unlike anything that we've ever seen before uh, in the NBA. But the problem is, can his body hold up because of how big he is, because of how tall he is, and because of how much he weighs? Can his body hold up in a game that is a lot more competitive than high school and a lot more competitive than college basketball? Because you're playing against the other best team, best players in the entire world at this respective sport. Well, it really hasn't. Okay, his first year, like I said, his first two years he was good. He was he was good. he didn't get injured very much, and it was okay. But the last two years, he's really suffered from well. A multitude of injuries, and to end this year, it was the hamstring, and, and so that's, you know, it was what it was. Like I said, last year, he didn't end up playing in the playoffs, and, and this year, I don't think he played very much at all. I, yeah, like very much at all, at all. Um, and so, the, 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 it's tough because you're thinking, all right, so, you know, what's the problem, right? Is is he, is he Was he worth this pick? Was he worth – and, again, I'm not going to get into the theories behind why or, you know, whatever – but interestingly enough, he was interviewed and everything. And there was a quote that came out last, or I guess a couple weeks ago at this point, basically saying, like, why aren't you playing? <laughs> Which is a, a very valid question at this point in his career. And he basically is like, I'm 100% physically, but sometimes I just don't feel like Zion. And I'm like, okay, dude, hold on. So you're saying, like, what? Now, obviously, it may be a mental thing. Okay, and I'm not here to shame anybody mental health wise. I'm like, right, if you if, if that's what he's dealing with, he should figure out his mental health before obviously before playing basketball. So if that's really what it is and he's dealing with something serious, then total respect to that and and I hope that he's able to, you know, to find help and get better. But I think I think if I had to guess, it's that he doesn't want to get hurt further or 
well, and this is on the same lens, I guess, uh, but, you know, same line of argument. He doesn't want the theories about him, the stories, the potential, you know, negative, uh, you know, the negative stories and narratives and stuff about him coming out of college and going into the NBA. He doesn't want that to be a self-fulfilling prophecy. All right. In other words, basically everybody who's saying his body's not going to hold up. He's this great player. He's this great athlete, but he's not going to make it in the NBA because his body's not going to allow him to play as long he doesn't really want that to become true, even though it low-key kind of is at this point, because for the last two years, he hasn't been there to close out the season when his team needed him the most. So, and again, that that's just my theories. Again, I'm just, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a guy who lives in Richmond, Virginia, and I'm, and I'm talking to you by myself for an hour on a podcast that not many people listen to, okay? So, so don't take my word as the truth. I have no clue who Zion Williamson is, and I don't know his situation and everything like that, but it's just like, at the end of the day, it's it's a sport, and you're playing for your team, and you're trying to win a championship, and and so it, it's it's almost one of those things where he's he's almost saying like I don't want to hold my team back because I'm not going to be my 100% self, but at the same time, dude, like you are arguably the best player on this team. I mean, it's you know Brandon Ingram and CJ McCollum are great players, but the but the athleticism and everything that Zion brings is 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 so much different than the things that Brandon Ingram and CJ McCollum can do that adding a piece like that to your team makes your team so much better. And I understand if you're not hundred percent, then, then, you know, you might be a lie. You might be considered a liability. I get that. But like he was cleared to play three weeks ago. Okay. Like he had a hamstring injury. Okay, cool. Th- those are usually pretty bad. I mean, that's, you know, that's the back path, back half of your leg. Like it's hard to run when you have a hamstring pull. I get it. I get it. But if you're cleared to play for three weeks, medically cleared to play three weeks ago during the time that your team needs to win these games to get into the NBA playoffs and hopefully win a championship, I know that's far-fetched because they're not in a position to do that anyway, but, like, try to go out there for your team, man. Like, at the end of the day, this is a, you know, at the very fundamental level, it's a team sport and it's a game, and you play to win the game, and if he's not playing, they're not trying to – well, if he's not playing – He's not trying to win, and and that's like the ultimate goal of the sport. That's what you need to be doing. So, I, I don't know. And, and again, too, this might be, again, it, behind the scenes, it might be the Pelicans team basically saying, hey, you know, this is why you, okay, we're we're not going to play him on purpose, or you know, they're keeping him out on purpose, or whatever it may be, and they're telling him, hey blame it on yourself. I don't know why they would do that. I feel like they would come out and say we're not playing him and we're not talking about it. You know, period end of story. But whatever the case may be. It, it's a it's a it's a kind of a staggering indi- indictment on the Pelicans, a team who had so much hope and a team that is near and dear to my heart, um, but is just kind of sitting in this purgatory state of they had a lot of potential coming into the year and it's really not ending up in a positive light uh, because they lost the play-in game to the Thunder, who we're going to talk about in a little bit, but like the Thunder, the Thunder who have been tanking for the last, like, five years and purposely not winning these games are now now have a chance to make the playoffs, and they're in a lot better position because they have, you know, 15 first-round draft picks in the next five years. So it sucks for the Pelicans. It is what it is. You know, like I said, the Mavericks and the Pelicans both, those are the stories I wanted to cover. Uh, I know that, you know, it, as usual, I talked for 40 minutes about them, so uh, we have 20 minutes to cover <laughs> the NBA playoff, the entire playoff bracket, which is what we wanted to get here in the first place, uh, go over the NBA playoff bracket as well as uh, the Masters picks. Or sorry, their master's review. Uh, and so we'll get into that now. I, I, I promise, for sure. Okay, we're back. I had a quick water break because uh, I talked for 40 minutes without doing any sort of cons- consummation of liquids. <laughs> uh, so here we are. We're talking about the NBA playoffs. Here we go. Um, as I said before, like I said, they're, they're still, as of as the time I'm recording this, uh, the Bucks, or sorry, the Heat and the Bulls have not played yet. Neither have the Timberwolves or the Thunder. However, both of those teams are vying for the eight seed in their respective conferences and therefore will not win their first round series against the Nuggets uh, or, or the Bucks, respectively. Okay, so <laughs> I think it's safe to say that it doesn't really matter at this point who's going to win those games because they're going to lose a first round matchup. But good stories for whoever actually ends up coming, pulling it out. The Bucks are going to play the Heat or the, ha- or the Bulls. Either one, like I said, the Bucks are going to win. The Bucks are the number one seed in the East. Uh, it speaks for itself. Everything they've done, Giannis is cool. I, I'm not going to spend too much time on that series. The Cavs and the Knicks, all right? So that's the 4-5 matchup in the East. This is going to be a very close – this is probably the closest series I think is going to be for the entire first round. I think this is probably the – that has the best chance to go seven games. Obviously, it's the 4-5 matchup, so it's, you know, two teams that are that are pretty close in, in skills and abilities and everything. 
I think the Knicks are going to pull the upset here. It's not a huge upset. Obviously, they're the five seed. Uh, but in terms of the betting lines and everything, and I will give out some best bets, okay? So just stay tuned for that as well. Um, if you want to dabble, because uh, I haven't given out too many best bets, you know, recently since football season ended. But I, I've kind of dug into the dug into the research a little bit here, and then I will let you know when I get them. Actually, I have one of them for, for this series. The Knicks are – I think they're just – I don't know. They're not. I think they're. I think these teams are very evenly matched. But I think the Knicks have a lot more playoff experience. They also added Jalen Brunson, who's been one of their best players this entire season, alongside Julius Randle. They obviously have the sixth man of the well, who should be the sixth man of the year, and Emmanuel quickly. Um, Malcolm Brogdon is getting a lot of hype for that, even though Malcolm Brogdon is like the eighth best player on his team, not much less the sixth best or best sixth man in the league. Uh, so I don't. I don't know where the hype for Malcolm Brogdon is coming in. Shout out to my guy. I mean, he went to UVA, so did I. So, so I'm always a fan of Malcolm Brogdon. But at the same time, Manuel quickly has. I mean, he, he got the nickname IQ. Like that's that's such a sick nickname. Obviously, it's his initials, right? But it's like that's sweet. Like people know him as that, right? So, uh, give me the Knicks. Also, the coaching matchup, matchup. JB Bickerstaff for the for the Cavs. It's his first year. He's not well. I think it's second year. Um, but he's never had any playoff experience before. You have Tom Thibodeau, who's coaching the Knicks, who has had a wealth of playoff experience uh as well as it's the garden it's the knicks they don't make the playoffs very often so when they do those new york fans go crazy uh so if they're able to win a series that would be insane so i think the knicks are going to take it and that's one of my best bets for the nba playoffs is not taking well take the knicks i think the knicks to win the series would be okay but it's like plus 165 so if you don't want to if you don't want the knicks to win the series full out you can you can take the knicks plus one and a half games Right for the series, basically a series spread, right? Basically saying, okay, if the Knicks don't win the series, then they can lose in seven games and you still win your bet. I think it's minus 130, so you're laying a little bit of juice on there, but I think the Knicks plus one and a half games in the series. So essentially, it's essentially a spread bet for this, but the spread for the entire series. So it's plus one and a half games, right? So they, they, they can lose the series, right? So the series would end up being Cavaliers win four to three. So the Knicks have lost the series, but you cut, you get one and a half games. So they would lose by one game and then you would still win your bet. Even if the Cavs won in seven games. So I could see this game going like, if the Knicks win the series, you automatically win that bet. But if they lose in seven, you still win the bet. So I think that's a good way of playing it is okay. If you don't want to take the, but if you want to take the plus plus one sixty five for the Knicks to win the series, that's totally fine. I think they, they're very alive to win this series. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't, you know, that, that would be value, right? So you'd, you'd actually be paying less to win more in that scenario, uh, whereas you'd be laying more to, to win less, essentially, uh, with you know with the plus one and a half games. But I think that I think that just gives you a little bit more coverage, just in case the Cavs end up do pulling this out. Because if it does go seven, the Cavs are going to have that game at home because they're the higher seed, right? And you have, I mean, Donovan Don Mitchell might go off. I mean, you never know what can happen. So I'll take the Knicks uh, to win the series, but you know, as a best bet, I'll take them plus one and a half games. Sixers Nets. That's the three six matchup in the East. Uh, the Nets are a good story. I mean, I'm surprised they still made the playoffs. They had Kyrie. Think about this. They had Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant on this team for in, in, during this season. I mean, it seems like not. It seems like that was so long ago, but it really wasn't. Uh, and and hey, I mean, they got Cam Johnson. They got Mikael Bridges from the Suns, and and they've been going off and. The Nets kind of pulled together a pretty good season here, to despite the fact that they lost so many of the good players to end it. So, I think as much as it is a good story for the Nets, the Sixers are one of the best teams in the league, uh, and they're gonna they're gonna pretty much roll over the Nets. I, I really don't see it being uh, you know I don't, I don't see it being such a uh, uh, I don't I don't think it's gonna be very close. I think the Sixers are, are, are gonna pull it out pretty easily here. The Celtics are playing the Hawks in the two seven matchup. Celtics are probably statistically the best uh, team in the, in the league this year. Uh, and, and again, they've just kind of had some cold streaks because their shooters, Jason Tatum to, to, to be specific, um, takes way too many shots at certain points in certain games and, and kind of costs his team some victories there. So Celtics are, are, are definitely going to win this series. That is another one of my best bets. And obviously when you have a game or a series like this, the Celtics are minus 1000 to win the series. So I'm not saying, I'm not saying don't go, don't go put a thousand dollars down on the Celtics to win the series to only win a hundred bucks. There's other ways to attack this. I'm actually going to do the similar thing to what I did with the Knicks and the Cavs, where I'm going to take the Celtics minus two and a half games for the series, which essentially means that they have to win the series by three or more games. Right, which essentially means that the Celtics win in either four or five games, which means they either sweep the Hawks or they win four-one in the in the series or across the series. Uh, I think that's a I think that's a, a more than fair bet. Now I think it's like a minus one sixty-five, so you're laying a little bit of juice there on that. 
But again, that 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 saves you from okay. In case the Hawks do get one game at home and Trey goes off for you know forty five points or, or something, and Clint Capella does as much rebounding as he did against the Heat in their play in game. If that in case that happens, you're still you know you, you the Hawks might get one game, but you're still going to win your bet as long as the Hawks don't win more than one game, right? So if it, if it becomes you know they win two games, you, you lost that bet. But I, I think it's I think it's very safe that the Celtics win four one or four zero in a season or in a series sweep there, uh, going getting past the Hawks. So I'm going to continue with the Eastern Conference. Then we're going to go to the West. I had the Bucks and the Knicks playing in the in the one five matchup in the Eastern Conference semifinals. I think the Bucks are going to easily beat the Knicks because I think the Bucks are the second best team in the league. Uh, or well, you'll see. <laughs> but um, but I, I think the Bucks are going to win this series pretty easily. Like I said. I'm not even going to spend too much time on it. Uh, now we have the 76ers and the Celtics. This is probably going to be one of, if not the best series in the East, if this happens, because these teams are so evenly matched. And there is, I mean, Boston is one of the biggest cities in America. So is Philadelphia. So you ha- and, and the fans of each of these teams are so engaged and they're just and they're mean and they love it and and it's just and it's awesome to watch these teams go at it uh they have in the past few years in the the playoffs and and it's been it's been absolute fireworks but the celtics are a better team they've beaten the sixers every time that well no i think they've lost one game but it was when they weren't playing any of their starters and i think they only lost the game by two or something and the sixers were really trying to win that game um so the Celtics are a better team. They have been all season, and as good of a story it is as it is for the 76ers, I think they're just going to come up short again and, once again, not make it to an Eastern Conference final. So that means I have a little bit of chalk, but the one-seed Bucks versus the two-seed Celtics in the Eastern Conference finals, and... This was probably the one that I spent the most time on trying to figure out who was going to win. I, I have no idea, but I, I don't know. I, I just I think the Bucks are going to do it. I think they're the better team. I think they're so much more well-rounded than they were a couple of years ago, uh, or, or last year. Sorry, um, when they when they ended up, you know, they did lose to the Celtics. You know, that the addition of Drew Holiday, he's been so good. He's, been, I mean, he got third team All NBA, and 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 he's and he's Drew Holiday, right? I mean, with, with, like this guy's playing so well, and he's going so under so much under the radar. They have the defensive pieces to round these this team out. Um, you know, a guy like Wesley Matthews, who's just you know raining threes from beyond. Joe Inglis, I mean, this guy came out of nowhere. Like he used to be a star on the on the Jazz. You know, way back when they had uh, you know Rudy Gobert and and uh, and and um, and Donovan Mitchell down there. So so I think the Bucks are just better. I think that they're they're going to be able to take advantage of the youth of the Celtics. Now, again, the Celtics are almost more playoff have almost more playoff experience than the Bucks. You know, as a totality. However, the Bucks won the championship two years ago. I think they, you know, that that experience of winning a championship really goes far. And I think the Celtics, despite getting to the Eastern Conference Finals seemingly every year, they kind of just always kind kind of end up, uh, you know, kind of coming up short. So I do think that's going to play a similar similar uh, similar story here with the Bucks, and I think they're going to take it over the Celtics and vault themselves into the NBA Finals. Switching over to the West here, the Nuggets are going to play the winner of the Timberwolves and the Thunder. I mean, like I said, I don't. It doesn't matter who wins the the, the game tonight. Uh, the, the the Timberwolves or the Thunder, the Nuggets are going to beat them in series. Now, it is interesting the status of both of those teams, right? So you have the Timberwolves, who obviously all that stuff with Rudy Gobert, who punched Kyle Anderson, and then he gets suspended for that game, and they were leading by 15 points against the, against the Lakers in the first playoff game or play in game. They end up losing that game. It goes to overtime. They still lose it. Carl Anthony Towns gets into foul trouble early. He doesn't. He doesn't. He can't like you know carry the team like he's supposed to. However, the team looks better even without Rudy Gobert. But he's just supposed to be back for this game against the Thunder tonight. It's it's just it's 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 one of the more interesting stories in the entire NBA. The fact that the, the the Timberwolves gave up four first round picks to get Rudy Gobert, a guy that really basically doesn't fit in on their team, and it seems like nobody really likes them. So or likes him. So. I, very interesting situation going on here with the Timberwolves. I, I, despite the fact that you know you have Anthony Edwards, you have D'Angelo Russell, a lot of these guys who are young and talented, but it's just it doesn't seem like it's going to be coming together here for the for the Wolves. Unfortunately, uh, at least for success, you know, playoff success and all that. Whereas the Thunder, I mean, they're complete opposite situation. Like they weren't even supposed to be here, and, and here they are with you know obviously Shea Gilgis Alexander, SGA. Uh, is first team All NBA, rightfully so. This guy is absolutely carrying a team of you know, young players who are who are good, but who are exactly that? They're young players in the NBA, and like I said, they shouldn't be here. He single handedly carried them. Um, I love I love him as a player. I love that he's basically like, hey, you know, I'm not on a great team, but. I'm going to play my best. I'm going to help my team around me. I'm going to help them get better, and we're going to do it. And that's exactly what they've done, and I love that. Um, Josh Giddy had his coming out party in the play-in game against the Pelicans the other night. 
31, 9, and 10. Uh, basically had a triple-double. He's off the charts. Lou Dort is is always doing Lou Dort things, uh, right? And then you have Jalen Williams. Well, you have two Jalen Williams. There's one Jalen Williams who was drafted from Santa Clara last year, and you have one Jalen Williams who was drafted from Arkansas last year. So there's two Jalen Williams as young players in this OKC team. They have 15 draft picks in the next five years. First, sorry, 15 first-round draft picks in the next five years, and they're already here. So the rebuild is going well. Credit to Sam Presti, their their GM, who has put all this together in, in really amazing fashion. Uh, however, despite the fact that I, there's interesting storylines going on between the Timberwolves and the Thunder, I think you should watch that game. I just I think it'll be interesting to see, like I said, the the, the almost conflicting uh, or, or or rivaling situations going on where it's so negative for the Wolves but so positive for the Thunder. Who's able to win this game and earn a spot into the actual NBA playoffs? But like I said, whoever it doesn't matter who wins that game, the Nuggets are are, are going to beat them in the series in the first round of the series. The 4-5 matchup, it's the Suns versus the Clippers. The Clippers don't have Paul George, or they might, but he's injured, and they're not sure, uh, which is really the only reason why I have this. Well, not the only reason why I have the Suns winning. They have Kevin Durant, okay, uh, and, and Chris Paul, two of the best players in the league. So, of course, I would want, I'm going to choose the Suns over them, but I think this could be a better series than it will be simply because uh, or it could be. Uh, because if, if Paul George was healthy, that, sorry, I, that, that, I was choking over my words there for a second, but it, it would have been a very interesting series had Paul George been fully healthy and playing this whole series, but I don't think it's going to be very competitive, seeing that the Suns are basically the best team in the league now, um, so I, I definitely have the Suns winning that series over the Clippers. And then here we go, the the Warriors and the Kings. The Kings are the three seed. Shout out to the Kings. Uh, they were like 300 to 1 to win their division to start the year, and they actually did it. Uh, they're the three seed in the, in, in the West. This is the first time they made the play. This, they broke or they snapped the longest playoff drought of any team in any major professional sport. Think about that. Like, the Lions in the NFL, the Browns, like they, these teams that are like perennial losers have made the playoffs more recently than, than the Kings have. Uh, so credit the Kings for all they did this season. That's an awesome story. But unfortunately, they're playing the Warriors, which is the last team that you want to face. Uh, there's there's questions about the Warriors in terms of their – I think they're the worst team in, I think, NBA history uh, in terms of their road record this season. I think they were 11-30 and 30 on the road this season, which is – astounding uh but again they're the warriors all right and if there's any team that can overcome a bad road record during the regular season it's the team that's won four of the last seven nba championships and won it last year as a five seed all right so yeah i mean they're heavy favorites to win the series i don't think anybody's giving the kings a chance the kings are also i think the worst defensive team to make the playoffs this year so i think that does not bode well for obviously facing off the warriors against the warriors who have basically revenue revolutionized basketball from an offensive perspective so i do think the warriors are going to win this series it's it's an upset pick by seed but it's it's the kings are, are heavy underdogs to win i'd love to see them win um that would be great but if I'm, you know, if I'm being real, I think the Warriors are going to win the series. The Lakers and Grizzlies. Now, this is going to be my only kind of "quote unquote" real upset pick, um, and it's, it's going to be a popular one. Obviously, my, most people are picking the Lakers because most people are Lakers fans, and most people are LeBron fans. Okay, so it's not a a trendy upset. Pick. Well, it is a trendy upset pick, um, but I think. I'm going with the Lakers here because the Grizzlies have kind of fallen apart. Now, their home field advantage or their home court advantage is awesome. Uh, they are the opposite of the Warriors. They're amazing at home, uh, so as they should be, right? But I just think that, the, the obviously, the whole thing with John Morant and, this, and, the, and the club and, and, the, and the gun and everything, and he was suspended or suspended himself or whatever ended up happening, Steven Adams is out for the playoffs, and he's a, an integral part of that team. So basically not having him, uh, I think, is, is going to hurt the Grizzlies a lot more than people are thinking. Uh, and then obviously the Lakers, who, I mean, by the time we hit the All-Star break, they were, I mean, they started out, I think, 2-10. and 10. Uh, They were one of the worst teams in the NBA, and now here they are, obviously. But... They made a lot of good, solid moves at the trade deadline. And that's the first time they've done that since basically they won the bubble playoff in 2020. And a lot of people are considering that bubble playoff to not even be, or sorry, bubble championship, uh, to, to even be really quote-unquote legit because it was in Disney World and there were no fans and it was 2020 and, you know, we all know what happened during that year. So it's the first time they're in real contention. Uh, obviously, if you have LeBron, you're always in contention. Uh, but obviously, Russell Westbrook, I think, is kind of kind – of, you know, I think I think settled into what his role is with this team, which is not a ball dominant point guard because um, you don't need him to do that. Uh, obviously, Austin Reeves has has come alive as a as a player. Nobody had heard of him before this, and here he is. Uh, so he's a good you know he's 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 a great a great player for them too. So I think the Lakers are going to get it done. 
I wouldn't be surprised if the if the Grizzlies win because they're the two seed, right? They earned this. They are the second best team in the West uh, in, in a very you know, a very tough Western conference. So they've earned it and they've been here and, you know, they were here last year and they lost to the Warriors. So I, it wouldn't surprise me if the Grizzlies beat the Lakers, but I think that, and the Lakers, like I said, are going to have a lot of public love. So this is going to be a very trendy upset pick and, you know, don't be surprised if the Grizzlies just end up doing it. Right. So, but I will pick the Lakers to, to beat the Grizzlies as a seven, two upset here in the Western conference first round. Moving on to the second round, I have the Nuggets playing the Suns. And unfortunately I love the Nuggets. I love Jokic. I love this team. I love Jamal Murray. I, I, the, but it's just a bad matchup. Like, the Suns – again, to, to preface all of this, if if the Suns can stay healthy, right, if Chris Paul and Kevin Durant are, are healthy for an entire two months and can make it through the playoffs and – well, yeah, I guess it is two months. Um, they are going to – they're going to be a hard team to beat, all right? And you'll see how far I have them going in this NBA playoffs because, I mean, if you – if yeah, they've just been – they're undefeated when Kevin Durant plays their in their game so far this season. I mean, that's, that's ridiculous. Now I know it's only like nine games or whatever, but that's crazy still considering. So I think if they can stay healthy and Kevin Durant doesn't mess up his ankle or Chris Paul doesn't have a, you know, random quad injury or something, the Suns can definitely make it through and, and, and be a real threat to win the NBA finals. So unfortunately, as much as the Nuggets have dominated the regular season and they have Jokic coming off of two straight MVPs and Jamal Murray is finally still, you know, he, he's finally healthy and, and playing back to where he was, you know, back in, in 2020 in that bubble year, um, as well as um, as well as obviously Michael Porter Jr. He's, you know, he, he's kind of come alive and, and gotten over his injury concerns and everything. I'm going to take the Suns to be the Nuggets uh, in the 4-1 upset there. And then I have the Lakers and the Warriors, but again, it's it, – it's, it, at this point, you you have to move the Warriors on no matter where they're at because of we've just seen it happen, right? And and I think last year was was probably the biggest example of a team that like didn't you know they didn't play that well in the regular season. They were hurt for most of the regular season, but they got their starters back and they won a championship as a five seed. So it doesn't really matter where they're at; they're going to win these games, and especially against the Lakers who just are are not are not now the Lakers have played defense better. I think they're like third or fourth or something in defense since the since the um since the trade deadline so if if there was a team that i think could pull a, a crazy upset on the warriors it would it would be a team like the lakers and obviously that would cause insanity because i mean and again any team that lebron is on they always have a chance to win the finals okay so i'm not saying that the lakers are, are, are going to be bowed out here or, you know it's going to be a sweep by the by the warriors but i do think the warriors are going to be able to get by the lakers just because they still have this same team that was intact from you know all of these years that they've won all these championships so i have the warriors moving on to the western conference finals to face off against the suns and it's the suns man again this is all contingent on if chris paul and paul george or sorry chris paul and kevin durant are able to stay healthy if they are for the entirety of the playoffs the suns are going to win the finals and i mean that gives away my pick right there um i have the suns beating the bucks in the finals but again if Kevin Durant goes down or Chris Paul goes down, this team is not going to win the NBA Finals. They're not going to be able to beat the Bucks or the Celtics or whoever, whoever comes out of the East. They may not even be able to beat the Nuggets, right? Depending on, you know, when, when players get injured and, and, and if they do uh, to begin with. But I think, yeah, if this team stays healthy, they're going to win the Finals. I, like, I hate to say it, but it's like this is the best team in the NBA right now. Um, they're the four seed. I get it. You know, they, they, they haven't really the, – the, 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 you know, the core of the team hasn't been together for the entirety of the season, but – Again, they have all-stars. They have, you know, arguably the best player in the league right now is Kevin Durant, right? I mean, LeBron's kind of, you know, he's he's still dominant, but, you know, in terms of just the the absolute, the guy who can shut down a game and take it over himself and Kevin Durant, you know, that that he he is on a team with a bunch of other really good players, and I think that the Suns can, can do it. So hopefully I can go two for two. I called it last year with the Warriors. Uh, again, it wasn't like a huge announcement, but it was, you know, it was the Warriors after being doubted a lot, I think, in the, in the past few years after Kevin Durant had left them and not winning a championship since then. It was a pretty big call, I think, to, you know, to, to, to come back. And I, and I said, hey, the, you know, the, the Warriors are going to win the championship. Um, and this year I think I'm going to, you know, I'm going to call the Suns. I'm going to say it's a rematch of the NBA finals from two years ago, the Bucks and the Suns, then they played. And like I said, the Suns were up two games and the Bucks won four straight and Giannis went off for 51 in game six and the, and the Bucks took the championship. Um, 
who knows, right, what's going to happen this year. But I have it being a rematch of two years ago, and I have the Suns beating the Bucks uh, to get that revenge, right? And, and finally, Chris Paul gets his ring uh, that he's been, you know, after for so long that will solidify him as a, as a Hall of Fame uh, player, which will make me really happy because, like I said, he's my favorite player in the NBA. So, uh, yeah, so th- that, is my, that is my NBA playoff bracket. Hopefully we can – Hopefully I get everything right, <laughs> and I'll, I'll obviously check back in, and uh, and maybe Hayden can, can give out his. I mean, by the time he's back on the podcast next week, the playoffs will have already started, but, I mean, none of these series will be decided. So so we can have Hayden maybe give out, give out his playoff bracket the next time he's on next week, uh, early next week, and we can we can talk about that. We'll also be talking about the NHL playoffs, too, uh, because those start, I think, Monday or Tuesday, so we'll, we'll go over our NHL uh, playoff brackets as well. Uh, the other thing I wanted to do in this podcast was go over the Masters. Like I said, it, it wasn't really fireworks. I think the only thing, the only like newsworthy thing that happened was that Brooks Kepka was pretty much leading the entire time uh, and then fell to John Rahm. And all the jokes came out, oh, you know, Brooks Kepka plays on the Live Tour and they play. They only play for three days instead of four. They play 54 holes instead of 72. And so, of course, he choked because he's, he's so used to playing 54 holes and he, you know, he, he gave up the lead to John Rahm, who's a PGA player, and he plays, he's used to playing the four-day rotation. All right, stop it. I, I John Rahm's a killer, man. <laughs> he did it. Brooks Kepa didn't play well. I mean, it, it, like I think that I think I think John Rahm took it from Brooks more than Brooks lost it for himself. Right? It was just you could see it in John Rahm's eyes. I mean, he's nailing his shot, his iron shots out of the rough to like sticking it to five feet, and he's just walking like no emotion. Like he's just walking up the up to the up the uh, to the green, like no smile on his face, just like charging and you're like this guy is not going to lose a, uh, the, the masters dude like he, he's not going that's not going to happen um so yeah so cheers to john rom for, for winning that tournament i think he's so deserving um and and again i think he's he's kind of gotten lost in the mix a little bit like i said coming in and, and i did my preview last week if you listen to it you heard me say the three favorites are rory mcelroy scotty scheffler and john rom one of those guys is probably going to win and, and that's really that's what happened right um scotty scheffler was in the mix a little bit. I think he finished top 10, but he wasn't really ever at, at the, in the lead at all. And then Roy McElroy missed the cut, <laughs> which I think is probably almost the bigger story coming out of the Masters. Um, and obviously, like I said to begin this episode, he's also not playing in this week's tournament and, and losing out and getting fined for $3 million. And, and as I said going in, he is one win away, one Masters win away from completing the career Grand Slam, which has only been done so few times in golf history that he puts so much pressure on himself every year going into the Masters, and it's the first major in in the entire golf calendar every single year, and it's his ninth attempt at at, at you know getting to this career Grand Slam, and he hasn't been able to do it, and and this year right like he wasn't even close. I mean, it wasn't even he missed the cut. Like, he can't be doing it. Last year, he came in second at least, right? But this year, it was just, I think he puts himself in such a a pressure-filled mindset that it's like he almost can't get past his own thoughts, which don't, you know, obviously, it's not, you know, it, it happens in sports, right? And athletes are, are under a lot of pressure. But I think it, it's just, it goes to his head so quickly, and he's not able to overcome just that mental block of, like, I have to win this tournament because my entire career depends on it. Once he's able to do that, I, I hope he does, right? But, but... It, he wasn't close this year, man, and and I'm hoping that he's able to get you know turn something around. And again, he won the FedEx Cup playoff last year, right? So he he and Scotty Scheffler was 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 far and away going to win that tournament, and and Rory was like, nope, I'm taking it from you, and he did it, right? So he still has that killer instinct. He still has that mentality of I can come from behind, I can win a tournament, and he won 15 million bucks last year. So arguably money wise it's more worth it to win to have that than the masters right the fedex cup playoffs is worth more money than than winning the masters but for for the history for for you know you know like completely solidifying himself as one of the best golfers of all time winning the masters and that's what he's after right now right like i said he he has more money than he could ever spend right he's he's fine like he could he could stop playing golf right now, and his great 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 grandchildren will never have to work a day in their lives because of how much money he's made. That's not what he's after, right? And that's almost that's almost the more heartbreaking part about this is the fact that he knows that he has already won more money than he could ever you know do or that he would ever need to make in his life. But but it's it's about it's about the the prestigiousness of you know or the prestige prestigiousness is not a word. Uh, so it's about the prestige of winning this tournament because of all it means for the history of golf and having a green jacket and it's it's the most coveted major and it's the one that he hasn't been able to win it's it's almost like you know right like you 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 and you can compare this to anything right like if you're the best cp if you're the best public accountant in the entire world 
and and like you haven't worked like a like a big case or I, I, well, I don't know I'm not a P, I'm not a CPA so this is a horrible example but whatever um it, it, like it's just it's, it's it's almost like right you you know that you are skilled to be the best at something in the entire world but you haven't done the thing that makes you historically like you know coveted as one of the you know one of the guys who have done this one thing won this one tournament and he hasn't done it and to be honest it just it seems more and more like he's not going to uh, so feel bad for Rory McIlroy. Um, maybe you know. Hopefully, I mean, obviously, it, it's not a good sign that he then took off the next week and got fined three million dollars. Uh, so you know, hopefully, nothing is like really bad is happening. But you you always feel for a guy who's in that situation. Uh, and, and so yeah, so that was I think kind of a a lesser talked about story of the Masters. Obviously, congrats to John Rahm. He's now won two majors. He only needs the Open Championship and the PGA Championship to cre- complete the career Grand Slam. I think he's probably. I mean, it, it's obviously out. You always want to say, oh, he's going to do it. Yeah, because I saw him do so good in the Masters. But, like, you know, he, I mean, if anyone, he's probably the guy to do that. He now has, you know, two majors. Obviously, Jordan Spieth, I think he only needs the – I think Jordan Spieth only needs the PGA Championship to, to complete the career grand slam because he's already won the Masters uh, and the Open and the, and the U.S. Open. So, we'll see. Uh, but, yeah, John Rahm's on an absolute tear. Congrats to the man. I'm glad that he won. He deserved it. Um, he's going to be a really – he's only 28 like what? Like this guy is not even that much older than me. Like, are you kidding me? And he's already done all this, and he's been number one for you know world number one ranked for for like the past two years, I think. Uh, so he's not going away anytime soon. So I think he you know he has a great future with the sport, uh, and I, I'm glad that everybody was able to see him do this because now he can kind of become you know a, 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 a you know a signal head or you know a figurehead is what I meant to say, not signal head, <laughs> a figurehead of the sport. Uh, and and you know hopefully all those people that watch the tournament this year uh, are are going to be able to kind of you know get into it. A little bit more because we got to grow the game of golf. So, uh, yeah, so that was a short Masters review. Again, we were already kind of going on over an hour here. So definitely wanted to get this out, this podcast out before the NBA playoffs officially started. Uh, Obviously, the good part about it is that for most of the – well, half the time we talk about the Mavericks and the Pelicans who aren't even in the playoffs. Um, But then obviously it gave away my my, my NBA playoff bracket. But, you know, the the playoffs technically start on Saturday. But – I mean, the first round series aren't over till, till, you know, the end of next week. So we'll have plenty of time for you to be able to listen to this, see what, you know, see what my thoughts are and kind of compare them. And obviously we'll be back uh, next week. Hayden will be there for that one. I'm, I'm like 90% sure if he's not, you'll still hear from me again. Cause I love doing this. Uh, and so, and so we'll see what we'll talk about with Hayden. I think it'll probably be a mixed bag of stuff. I want to get into some NFL, uh, you know, maybe NFL draft stuff, you know, Lamar, uh, Aaron Rodgers, that type of stuff. And then obviously give away our NHL playoff bracket as well as Hayden's, uh, you know, he'll probably go over his NBA thoughts. So I appreciate everyone for listening please leave a review on the podcast like and subscribe obviously but uh the reviews are good what's going to help us get noticed so if you can just take a couple minutes and, and help a guy out uh who's talked for an hour and 10 minutes in his apartment alone um and and and, and just leave a review on the way on the uh, on the podcast leave a five-star review say what you like and if you absolutely hate it leave a one-star review. I, I don't care. Leave a review at all. Like we want to hear, I want to hear about how I'm doing, you know, if I suck and, and you guys are like, Hey, you, you need to, you need to shut up dude about the Mavericks. I don't care about the Mavericks. I want to hear about your NBA playoff predictions because I want to bet on these games and all this stuff. And, and I don't want to hear about the Mavs top 10 first round protected pick for 2023. I don't want, I don't care about that. Tell me, please tell me, let me know because I will be able to put that to good use and, and, and change my habits going forward. Uh, but anyway, all that to say, I hope you enjoyed the podcast, uh, and, and we'll be back here next week. So thank you much, so much for listening, and have a great weekend.